Hello everyone, I'm Thomas from Daft Punk. Random access memories, Daft Punk. Daft Punk, Thomas and Guy from Daft Punk. There you go, Daft Punk. We assume that's Daft Punk under those helmets. Hello everyone, I'm Guy Manuel from Daft Punk. Daft Punk mixes of Daft Punk. Daft Punk! Let's get back to the to Daft Punk. It was because of, you know, Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Daft Punk! Daft Punk! Hello, robots, big and small from around the world. It's time to get lucky because your three favorite best friends who love talking about your two favorite French robots are back. Wait a, wait a second. I thought we I thought we weren't supposed to be here today. We what? said goodbye to you forever <laughs> last week. We did. We said goodbye forever. And in saying goodbye forever, we told you we would be back. We did say we would be back. Unfortunately, and, it is immediately after. It's immediate. We can't. Stop talking. Our, I would. Uh, so we 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 recorded our final episode, wrapping up our uh, twenty-one episode journey of yep. the, uh, through the career of Daft Punk. Long day's journey into Bob. Yeah, we recorded that on a Wednesday. We scheduled it to be released on a Friday. And wouldn't you know it, the day in between, uh, Society Magazine in France uh, unleashed a 10,000-word bombshell I, article with a bunch of information that we learned about the breakup. I want to point out something truly remarkable. I brought this up to you guys. So Daft Punk splits February 22nd. We start work on this project. We put our first episode up March 12th, yep. right? So we are two weeks-ish Two after. weeks after the breakup. And our unplanned original 15 episodes stretched to 21 absolutely if you listen to us from day one it occupies the entirety of the void of no daft punk <laughs> yes that's uh, very funny isn't it awesome like yeah. 100 like, on accident. like we started it's we started like right, right when they split and we ended right when there's new news it's so almost like society <laughs> magazine planned to unleash their episode or their article, knowing that we had concluded uh, concluded this They've been incredible waiting. project. Yeah. They asked us for comment, but we were well, we don't want to speculate <laughs> on their personal lives or whatever. Yeah, uh, they they asked me for comment, and I gave it to them, and they said that's a little that's a little bit too. Yeah, they said we can't bleep out that many lines of yeah. a, of a comment here. There's no place to put a quote in where you're just like, I, I just want to kiss one of the helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is. We said that there was, but they weren't. They weren't. What uh, would it even taste like? I, I don't know metal. Metal, I bet. <laughs> Probably wow. like metal. I don't um, want to t- kiss the inside of it, you grosso. I just want to kiss the top. I want to kiss the robot part, not the human yeah. part. I just want to kiss the top of the silver helmet like a like a man kissing his dad on a billboard <laughs> driving up north. Gosh, it's good. It's, oh, yeah. You know what, you guys? I missed this. It's good to be back. It's, yeah, it's good really to be good back. To be back. <laughs> it's been like six days We never we, do this we anymore. We never do this anymore. It's nice to get the man we back chat, together. We talk. We hang out. We never do it into microphones anymore. Yeah, it's been a whole... <laughs> Six days. So we said, we said uh, when we wrap this uh, up that we were going to have fun, new, exciting uh, things in the future where we talk about different albums or deep dive different artists. Um, the and future's that, here, well, and that we would also be back with you anytime we got fun, exciting Daft Punk news. And we got fun, exciting Daft Punk news. So uh, it's seven days after we dropped our final episode, we're back. With a bunch of fun, exciting news, we're gonna Excellent go through use of inflection. We're gonna go through the Society Magazine article. Yeah. We do have a translation of the article. Yeah, we do. Um, we're going to go through it. We're not gonna read it. Uh, not worth because I I would uh, I trust that all of our listeners can read, so they can find it themselves and read yeah. the whole thing. 
Uh, but and we, we we did talk the three of us beforehand. We we don't want to get too deep into like like microscopically evaluating these two men's personal yeah. life. We really don't. That's not what we're about. Uh, you know, we we are here looking at Daft Punk. We are going to talk about they, stuff. We'll they, touch on it. Uh, the two of them uh, have talked a lot about their motivations for putting on the helmets, and a lot of it it was the uh, their ability to give themselves a normal life. Yeah. Um, they reached incredible heights. They became global super superstars, and they rewarded themselves. Uh, or, 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 or they found a way to do that um, while keeping some semblance of normalcy. So this this show's never been about their personal lives, uh, and but there are some uh, tidbits in here that we'll we'll go through. But we're we're not going to get too nitty gritty about that stuff. No, I think what is cool about this is the most substantial like news writing about Daft Punk uh, in a publication before this was the Rolling Stone article. Yes. Yep. We talked about how that was maybe the best piece of uh, yeah. music journalism about Daft Punk ever. Super in depth, a lot of details. It ends with the Coachella. This picks up with Coachella. Not only this that, feels it ends like... with the party at Coachella yeah. that they threw at that rented mansion yeah. that Marilyn Manson stayed in. This the Marilyn Monroe. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We got Marilyn, you. We're yeah. all on the same wavelength. Marilyn Monroe stayed in. <laughs> the one, whichever one kissed Which, JFK. The, yeah, whichever yeah. one kissed the Kennedy. The the <laughs> this is the house where Marilyn Manson kissed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> and the imagery at the end of that beautiful Rolling Stone article, "All Hail Our Robot Overlords," is this party and the lead up into Coachella, and it's a really beautiful piece. I read that whole chunk of the yeah. article on our show. And this this article starts at that party, which is a really cute, yeah, uh, uh, interesting way to think about that. We're kind of like bookending this this, this eight year fundamentally chunk. does. We did an episode called Epilogue, yeah, where we covered this. Yeah, I was racked with nervousness about how little we knew about the breakup because of how beautiful that brotherly hug between Tomas and Guiman was at the Grammys and it really hurt my heart to ever think that these guys might have broken up because they didn't like each other anymore whatever else we learned from this article I am happy to report that they are still friends uh that this article says that uh they have recently like gone on holiday together uh, they uh, they are just interested in doing different stuff. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, they're they're just they have grown uh, grown separately as artists. Uh, the main takeaway there is Gimon has gotten really into uh, rap production and wants to do more hip hop stuff, and Tomas is getting more and more into film stuff and. Um, he's doing uh, some weird ethereal projects that really don't sound like they would ever have yeah a place in uh, under the Daft Punk umbrella and uh there's just, there are two men that are almost 50 years old that want to uh explore artistic avenues that aren't Daft Punk um and I and that that makes me happy knowing that it's not uh there was no animosity there was no um uh strife between the two they just uh um and the other component Genially, yeah. to to what we have this week is that not only do we have the gigantic society piece, but we have 
active news about new yeah. projects from Tomas. So that that is separate from this article. They've they've announced he's announced some stuff about a ballet scoring, and we'll go into that later. But yeah. that is that's that's the song that comes into my brain whenever I think of ballet, and I don't even know if it's a ballet. song. Which one? For Elise? Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's just classical, right? Yeah, but it's in the it's in the spirit of something that could be lumped in as ballet. Adjacent to Swan Lake. Yeah, it's adjacent. Swan Lake. Swan Lake. Jason, <laughs> uh, I, I Andy, I have a similar takeaway where I, um, I don't know. I, it, it, for me, I don't like. It's it's easy to dig around in this and to try to look for, you know, we talk about maybe things that were glossed over, or maybe things blah 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 blah. But but at the end of the day, my takeaway from the society article is, uh, it seems like a practical thing, not an emotional thing. Um, it just seems like like you said, it's two men who are at different points in their creative I made, career. Um, I made mention last week in our epilogue episode about how um, uh, the the Daft Punk brand is such that. Um, they they can't escape no matter what they've done at this point they can't escape the EDM label yeah they can't right so uh, um, I think that I, I I think that this article kind of reaffirms my belief that part of what they are doing with the breakup of Daft Punk is freeing themselves to yeah. to pursue some of these artistic avenues that that if they if they presented a hip hop inspired album. Because that's where Guimont's head is at, as Daft Punk. People a- will be like, what the fuck is this? This isn't Daft Punk. And if Daft Punk did a quiet score of a beautiful French ballet, <laughs> people would be like, yeah. where's where's the beats? Right. Um, and I think that that uh, um, that thesis art- or quote we've had the whole time about losing control yep. is like – in some sense, and not to anybody's fault or whatever, in some sense, when you get so globally big, you lose control of the narrative of your thing. Yeah. And even if you want to pivot directions wildly, people are not going to be uh, uh, ultimately happy with it. So I think like uh, leaving the Daft Punk label behind allows Tomas to do some quiet, uh, interesting, artsy ballet score and go do a movie. Um, and, and it leaves, uh, Giman to go do some rap beats and yeah. like really friggin, uh, lay it down. So before we get too deep into this, I do want to, uh, tell you all, uh, listeners at home, we still want to hear from you. We do still want to hear from you. Uh, so you, if you have any opinion about this, you want to share a story about this, something you want us to look into or something on a previous episode you want to comment on any of that stuff, feel free to uh, reach out to us at, uh, info at alive 2021.com. Uh, and we will get that, uh, whether it's 2021 or 2031, whatever, if, whenever you're listening, yeah, whatever to this. you're listening, whatever you're listening to this, if we're not dead, you can buy one of our shirts and we'll mail it to we you. We will. We really will. As long as we all three haven't died, we'll figure out a way to get you one of our shirts. I'll burden my family with take, making, doing <laughs> I'm this after I'm dead. I am going to put it in my will that if a if somebody purchases a, a live 2021 shirt after I die, they have to. They have to do it. They legally have to. Or get they it or they out. or they go to jail. They've got uh they've got a nice uh drawing of the Daft Punk pyramid on them and then in big bold letters they say two French robots because they are two French robots yeah the Frenchest they're the two Frenchest robots we know cool 
Um, so yeah, like like we said, the article starts with the um, the party that they threw at Coachella. Very cool. Um, but for the uh, this is this article is like ten thousand words. So yeah, we are going it's a to long bullet point. article. We're going to bullet point this thing. Um, um, so uh, they get post Ram. We're trying to figure some stuff out Ram wise, uh, or like what what are we going to do? Um, and uh, they were kind. Of, it seems like from here they were kind of like. Uh, coping with how the industry at large was talking about them, right? So, like, like as in, are these two guys the saviors of pop music? Right. Uh, so we've got a quote um, from uh, uh, the guy that ran the Fran- the France wing of Columbia, and he says Daft Punk. Uh, Daft Punk said the industry was sick of technology. For them, this album was an antidote. Their analysis was extremely simple and also extremely powerful. Uh, that's int- I don't I uh, I do not think of the music industry as sick of technology, but maybe yeah. maybe a lot of folks inside the industry are like we are we are smoothing um, music out too much with technology i yeah, don't know i think i there was a burnout and backlash to autotune there was a yeah I, I think that that has happened yeah digital compression yeah I, I think that there's an element of these 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 pieces of like technology or hardware um that that you know, in the you know, we talk about like the gold golden era of production or whatever seventies yeah. and eighties. Like you use hardware and technology, but you, you know the human element still came through. I think that there's a lot of these automated super. You know, like today's computers are insane, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, there's an element of like the computers doing a lot of the the things where where human so, personality um, would come through. I think that one of the interesting things about this idea that some people in the industry or whatever call consider them people that could save pop music in this moment where things were getting watered down was the scene at the Grammys. Yeah. Where there's like Paul McCartney and Jay-Z effusing to Tomas and Guiman. Like, so they take their helmets off at the after party and people, they are the stars of the night. They win five Grammys. They win album of the year. They're, the party at the after the Grammys is about them, and the biggest stars in the world are uh, are acting uh, yeah. shell shocked by yeah. these guys. Yeah. That had to be a complete mind fuck. Yeah, could you even imagine if Paul McCartney? Came up to you and was like, "Oh my God, Darren! Like, I loved your work. That's incredible. You guys, we should work on something sometime." Let you know? me know when Ringo's saying that <laughs> stuff to me. But for real, <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. I mean, it is. It's. 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 It's cool, but I think the other like the other side of this is there's always like every generation has this idea of like saving pop or whatever for the last like whatever, uh, you know, decades and decades. That's or whatever. a huge yeah, but it's a huge. If you're if you're something that is cut through, yes, you're this like you're you're two guys who are used to being critical darlings, right. who are used to effusive praise. Yes, there's a difference between Pitchfork loving you and the house music community loving you, and Jay Z and Paul McCartney coming up to you and yeah. saying 
saying shit like that. Yeah, that is. is a mind fuck. That's cool. I mean, it's it is it is very a very a very interesting thing for sure. Um, but again, like, what is? What is it? What what does any of it? I don't know. What does it mean? What does it mean? I guess. Yeah, I think I think that they didn't quite know yeah. there. So it sounds like after Ram, they took some time, like, away from music yeah. to internalize that because it that that's a weird thing to try to process. Well, did they take time away from music, or did Tomas go back to his studio in Paris and yeah. play around with his? polyphonic modular synthesizer ram what i love about that is that um a lot of modular synths are not polyphonic hell yeah and you want to explain to our audience what that means yeah um monophonic means one voice at a time one sound at a time it produces one note at any given time polyphonic is it it has a bunch of voices or two voices it can produce more than one sound at a time we just like we we just mentioned it while you're out of the room i have a simple polyphonic octaver right I, and the thing that that does is it produces multiple octaves at once yeah. um it's i mean it's yeah. vastly vastly more simple but poly polyphonic is just it's just more voices yeah um in, in like, any word. with some synthesizers uh Unlike like a piano, you can't even press two keys at once because it won't it won't play two two notes. Yeah, so, uh, and he's and in post Ram, he's tooting around on that thing in his studio. I want to hear what he's doing. I with know. That. Like, there's a lot of stuff from Daft Punk that we would all love to hear. You know, like some of their old housey stuff. I, I want to hear what the hell he's doing by himself with modular stuff. Yeah, that oh sounds God. very cool. Um, his 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 life in this moment seems beautiful. So he like they've lived in L.A. for uh, a, a lot of the last decade or so. Yeah. But uh, post ramp, uh, he and Elodie Boucher, his wife, they're living in a beautiful mansion in the center of uh, center of Paris. Their sons are in public school in the neighborhood. They can walk to school. Nobody knows who he is because he's got like because nobody knows what Daft Punk looks like. They're just living this beautiful life. Uh, they've got their a stone's throw from a river. And uh, uh, yeah, and that all sounds beautiful. What a beautiful life! It really does sound cool. What a beautiful I, life! What, what called I, the manufacturer of a compressor I, uh, to it, to to say, hey, there's a mis- it like sounds wrong so in and, the article. There's, oh yeah, this there's is a great. Part. I know, yeah, yeah, this no. is a great. <laughs> this is a great moment because this yeah. this is this is the one of the most Tomas things I've ever heard. He could hear the a flaw in a compressor, which compression is already hard to understand or hear. <laughs> And at the time, the suppliers were freaked out when they heard about it, and the engineers admitted to their bosses that they had made a change in their products without telling anyone. That's so, wild. So there was a s- insignificant change in a compressor, and the only person in the world <laughs> – there was all, the only so, person in the world who could hear a difference – this is was a- Tomas, and he called the company. Could you imagine being? Um, I have noticed. There could is you imagine a- <laughs> this uh, being this- the friggin' uh, yeah. receptionist that got that call, or like the the um, whatever? My name like, is Tomas. There is a uh, slight, I, I don't uh, oh, I don't want to uh, <laughs> name drop. I don't want to name drop, but yeah. I am uh, uh, our impression, Tomas. If you're listening, it's out of love. I'm of actually course. I'm actually one half of that punk. Uh, <laughs> so so I was going to bring up this part of the article too because I think that the the juxtaposition here is very funny they talk about tomas calling the the manufacturer yeah. about a condenser but then they talk about um there's a, a dj falcon quote talking about um 
uh, Guimon lives in an apartment uh, where with 70s design, uh, 70s inspired designer furniture. There are stones and crystals. For my 40th birthday, he gave me a crystal telling me it could create a bridge with ancient Greece. Hell yeah. Uh, that's kind of stuff. It's <laughs> very, yeah. that's incredible. It's very funny say, to hear the, the juxtaposition of like Tomas like audio nerding was, and Guimon getting into crystals there to was connect an, with Greece or whatever. An incredible amount of people on the Daft Punk fan groups online that were really excited that he, that Gimon was into crystals because they were yeah. like, "I'm into crystals." Yeah, good, good. For uh, so he got really into crystals. Yeah. Um, uh, and transcendental things. Yeah. The, the yeah. Uh, so they, they do um, – I don't want to get too deep into the personal life, but they do talk about uh, Giman uh, getting getting a, a divorce. sudden divorce in 2010, uh, which is uh, – I think that the timeline of that is, is news to which, us. And, and, so, yeah. okay, so we, we've talked on the show about how we didn't even know how many kids Giman yeah, has. Right. He is so intensely private. That is such an important thing for him to be private. Um. Uh. We we did not. As people who have studied Daft Punk for the last four months, we did not know he was. This divorced. is the most we've learned about Gimon in the entire. Time it really is. Yeah. yeah. Um. This is the most we've learned about Gimon's personal life since we found out that his grandpa w- was a yeah. was, <laughs> worked for Mussolini. Or yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Uh. There was an incredible amount of love and support for Gimon. Yeah. Uh. In the Daft Punk fan groups yep. this week, um, it's uh, he's going through a hard time, and uh, we wish Gimon all the all the happiness in the world. Or was going through a hard time. Or was you know? we don't know. This was while, this so was almost ten years ago. Now could be could be yeah. Cool well this and... was almost ten years ago now. So yeah. um, this was a hard. Everybody, we all go through hard yeah, times. But they they do paint this. I think that the the most relevant thing here is not about the, his personal life. I think also, the most relevant takeaway of this section is that um, it paints a picture of of Tomas living a family life, a family oriented life with kids in school, a family man yeah. style thing, and Gimon, uh, 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 you know, still being out and about in in, yeah, in also, society, okay, right? So Which yeah. is is the beginning he's, of a ri- not a not a. Right or wrong, necessarily. He's but sad. He's sad. We know he's going through a tough time, but also his life in a certain way. There's a, a beauty to it. Uh, right after uh, we learn about his divorce in the article, he said uh, we learn from the uh, we learn from here that he he lives alone in the company of a beautiful French bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> they go on walks through the city all all the time together. Uh, if it's and in France, they're all technically they're all, French yeah, bulldogs. Every, yeah, they're all. You French can't. It's bulldogs. hard to have a, re- a different kind of bulldog um, in France. Uh, and he, so he occupies his days around this time, walking his French bulldogs around the streets of Paris. His uh, windows of his apartment are forty-one stories up. The last floor of a skyscraper in the suburbs along the Seine, uh, and one can ad- uh, admire the whole of Paris. Through his windows. I'd watch a movie called An American Bulldog in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that movie. So there, you know, he's going through a tough time, but he's also got happiness and, yeah. and good things going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it is it is wild uh, to, to jump to jump forward in the article a little bit. It is. We, we mentioned it. I mean, dissolution. Oh, and oh. so he lived with Rico the Wizard in this apartment yeah. as well. And they have a studio in there. And just like uh Tomas is tooting around on his polyphonic 
uh, synthesizer, Gimon's making music uh, at home here too. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, you know, back in the, the 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 things that we we have touched on is the fact that um, uh, Daft uh, Daft Arts or whatever they is dissolved in in 2018, which you know we have mentioned it. It should have that should have kind of been the signifier yeah. to in everybody. Retrospect, in, in retrospect, especially, I think uh, uh, when that news came out in t- 2018, in retro now looking back in retrospect, yeah. they dissolved Daft Arts. We should have realized we should have seen the writing on the wall. Um. Uh, yeah, they um, they dissolved their record co- or not their record company. Sorry, their their production company in 2018 very quietly. Um, um, but yeah, again, it really from the from the sound of this article, there is truly nothing but love between these guys, and, and it's no ill will. It's just moving on to the next phase of their lives. Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, it's. Again, it seems practical. I, I've, I've said it. I'll, I'll keep saying it. it. It's 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 I mentioned last week, you know, I would have liked to I would like to something, you know, and I without getting too much into speculation, there are quotes from folks who we believe to be pretty good friends of the yeah. boys, right, of the bots. Well, and, OK, so we we found out that the weekend and Gimon met through partying. Yes. And in this article, we found out that Gimon loves the party. Yeah, uh, Gimon does yeah. love the party. Um, so, uh, um, I yeah, like they, uh, I I have best friends from when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, that I love dearly. That we now live on opposite sides of the country, and we barely ever get a chance to see each other. But we're all we'll, we will never not be tied together. These are these are childhood friends. That uh, are finding and growing and learning, and they're becoming different people. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 summed up in you know, Tomas wants to make music for a ballet. Gimon wants to go party and produce produce hip hop. I mean, like it's just two different worlds. And, yeah. And like again, practical seems practical. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So around this time, Gimon was clubbing a lot. Um. Which leads to him fucking making a, his first number one hit single with The Weeknd. So yeah. if you're out there, kids, clubbing is good for you. What is fascinating? If you, and what... if you club enough, you will write a number one hit single. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it was, it, it's tr- I, it's fact, true for Gimon. In fact, I don't think that is true, but I'll yeah, give you I the benefit of the doubt. I can't argue with that. <laughs> it happened to Gimon. He, he clubbed until he got a number one hit single. Does that mean... Does that mean everyone who's ever had a number one hit single loves the club? Name name one person that didn't. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot. I doubt that Gordon Lightfoot ever clubbed. The Simpsons. The Simpsons Club. <laughs> That's patently untrue. I'm trying to think of who who's had a number one single who does not club. Hmm. I don't know enough number one single holders to have um, an opinion. There is this. a there is a reference to the Simpsons in this article. There, there was their yeah. their friend their friends talking about them. It's not the Simpsons are not always together. Yeah, or uh, yeah. Um, uh, their their friends talking about them. So so Tomas is uh, around this time is spending a lot of time with his family. Gimon's working through some stuff and he's he's going out a lot. And um, the writer of the article or whatever asked one of the friends like, "What does that mean?" Is them like that they're just kind of living separate lives and their friend goes like 
they're not the Simpsons. They're not always stuffed together. Uh, and if you don't know, we have a yeah. podcast about the Simpsons. We do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, it's it is an interesting. I mean, we we place them together as Daft Punk, you know, and and that you know the reality again is they're two people with real lives or yeah. whatever, and and you know there there are probably long stretches of time where these two don't see each other or talk, you know, yeah. and that's fine. Wow, my Dingling was a real song. My Dingling was a real song. That is a number one hit single by Chuck, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Yeah, yeah, Chuck Berry. It's know. about his Dingling. It's yeah. really crazy. I, it's I, I like I know that's a bit we like. No, all it's, did a Chuck, as kids. it's a Chuck Berry that's song. Chuck that's Berry a straight song. up Chuck Berry song. Like that's a, that's a national hit, a number one single. I mean, that's a hit. Uh, you're looking for somebody who didn't club. I'm looking. I looked up number one hit songs, novelty songs, novelty to try and songs. see because I thought perhaps somebody wrote a novelty song. There you would go. Not club, you're definitely uh, you're you're in the realm of of uh, the Chipmunks. The, the chipmunks, chipmunks do not club. Do not club. I don't know. They do not club. I, I saw know. all their movies, and when they're chipwrecked, they're not clubbing. They are. No, I guarantee. I guarantee. There's a scene in one of those movies where those chipmunks are partying. Uh, well, I lied. I have not seen all those movies. <laughs> I have none of those either. movies. Um, but they couldn't be chip. Oh no! And Unfortunately, the chipmunks do cover "Club Can't Handle Me" by Float Right. I knew <laughs> Is it. That's true. Yeah. The club wow. can't even handle me right <laughs> so now. Even the chipmunks club. Maybe <laughs> you're so, onto something. Everybody who clubs. Everyone who's ever had a number one hit clubs. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> uh, I listened to this BBC debate show last week about uh, the morality of partying. And there were like two panelists who loved clubbing, and there were there was like an ethicist and a philosopher and um, and a, a virologist uh, who were anti clubbing. Yeah, and it was really funny to just hear um, this like kind of nerdy British man. Uh, hit the first thing he said, like it was uh, just a. As a general rule, I'm suspicious of fun. <laughs> that was like how he started the interview. You're like, that which is, is really funny. That that is a lot of folks though. A lot of folks are suspicious of people having fun. Having fun's the best. Having fun is one of the best things you could do. I'm relatively suspicious of people who have fun. I am not. I'm not saying so fun's fun. not good. I'm just saying, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get it. I get it. Um, so, yeah, so we get into the fact that they disbanded Daft Arts, um, which, again, we maybe should have seen the writing on the wall there. Um, they, the, the article doesn't go into the decision why it happened, uh, but that just, um, I mean, again, it seems like the writing's on the wall. It just seems like difference of opinion. I, I I do want to, so, so a little bit later in the article, they say, uh, they, they talk about uh, Gustafelstein a little bit. Um, and and uh, I wanted to point out that it is interesting to me that it seems like they didn't really tell anybody because Gustafelstein said um, when hearing of the separation, uh, he wrote to, to Giman uh, asking about it. And Giman replied, it happens. Everything has none. It lasted 28 years, Holy which is got to get through this by Daniel Bedingfield. The UK garage song that I love was a number one wow. A Billboard Hot 100 number wow. one. Wow, I didn't even Daft think about Daft Punk that. We has only had one yeah. number one song. Yeah, da- yeah. We were talking about Daniel Bettingfield truly we were, like yeah. ten minutes ten before minutes this. Before this yeah. I'm so, looking through number one songs. That's um, crazy. That's, this is a this is a uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, I love that quote. I do too. Yeah. Uh, I love that it sounds like they've come to terms with it. I love that they made peace with it. 
Kasafelstein and Giman do this article are great friends. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're uh, surprising to me. Um, uh, we we made made mention that Gasafelstein has a co-writing credit on one of the uh, Daft Punk songs on the Kanye record. Signed it up. Uh, um, they are the two of them are good friends, and they, they talked about. Uh, I, I feel like they talked about. Um, Gasafelstein and Kiman and Pharrell yeah. being so, out partying yeah. together. So there's a couple there's a couple things in this article that have been tossed around as like rumors yeah. in the Daft Punk world for a while that this article seems to confirm. This article lets us know that um so we made we made mention in the post Ram episode that there was a La Nightclub song that got released for a track for a movie. And that at a certain point in the mid-2010s, Gimon and Rico the Wizard were working on stuff together. Uh, this article mentions that. This article mentions also that uh, at a certain point, Gimon, stopped, er, Gimon and Rico stopped talking to each other. Um, and that... Rico found out that one of the tracks that they had been working on together was uh, was now I feel it coming. Uh, Starboy, right? No, or, or I, feel I feel it, it coming. coming. Okay, okay. Starboy was the one that kind of happened more organically yeah, in the yeah, studio. Yeah. It was I feel it coming. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Rico right. gets a writing credit. Rico gets royalties, but he he and Gibbon aren't talking anymore. And it was a kind of, like an interesting part of the article. Uh, I they don't really go into what happened or why, um, but Rico and Gimon have been um, friends and collaborators and business partners since 1998. So uh, it, that was a little sad to find out that they had fallen out for whatever reason. That's weird that he didn't know about it. Like, like even he got a text, he got a message from a yeah. producer that hey, um, you're. Um, this beat that you worked on is is getting picked up and you're getting paid uh for it um so whatever whatever happens it's a number one hit single uh whatever happens for the rest of his life rico never has to work again because he has to go ready credit on this huge smash it single but uh but it, it would be weird to find out if i if i if you stopped talking to me devin and i and i got a text that was like hey uh, this sketch you wrote with devin's getting turned into a movie and you're gonna yeah. get some money for it. That would be really weird. It would be weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, the 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 world of publishing rights and music rights and, and royalties and all that stuff. It is a, a twisted web. But they of they stuff or whatever. Do, the the they did all of that right. They did. Rico got his nut for this. Yeah, <laughs> he got his nut. Yeah, he, he got he got everything he should have gotten for it. He it's felt just, it coming. He felt it coming. And it was his nut. <laughs> um, that sucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Gisafelstein talks about how shy uh, Gimon is and that he, he's the s same way, and that's maybe why they, so they click so well. That's cool. Gisafelstein was so shy that he uh, canceled that show we were supposed to go to. Yeah, I know. Uh, Gisafelstein uh, booked a show in Detroit and canceled last minute. I don't remember why. He didn't say. They do also point out, like, again, that, like, <clears throat> we, we reiterated, the last time that Daft Punk makes news uh, in national press, it is, it, we, and we know it now, but, but retrospect, you know, it's after 
the dissolving of daft arts again yeah. that the, the rumors yeah. about the you know the the columbia rumors and all that stuff i mean that's a, that's 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 after the the this stuff is dissolved i mean it's it's wild to me again to to think and that, to some end it's like perhaps they yeah. thought that just radio silence would be enough to indicate that they are not yeah doing yeah. band stuff but then it's suddenly like they're going to play the Super Bowl. They're going to do this. Yeah. It's like, so that's the rumors. They... That's the rumors thing that we talked yeah. about, right? There's always because they're so quiet because they've always been so quiet. The rumors continue to uh, uh, bring Daft Punk to the forefront when they're doing different stuff. You made before we started recording. You made mention how interesting it was that Gimon had another producing credit on a weekend song after the yeah, Daft Punk 2018. stuff. That, <laughs> but that was a Gasafelstein collab. Yeah. So um, I, I, I guess I d- it didn't even click like, oh, he's just working with Kasofstein. That's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I think maybe it is telling that he went back to the weekend and uh, uh, produced another thing that was decidedly not Daft Punk with his new friend Kasofstein. And, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also I, I do think the other thing that this article points out, like like like, again, talking about why 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 the split you know, through the lens of practicality or whatever, you know, we think about, you know, Daft Punk as, you know, technical robots and yeah. stuff like that. And they've decidedly since Ram, you know, Ram moved away from the, so, the, the high tech thing. But, yeah. but, but the quote that I think is, is, is interesting is, and again, I think this quote is a little bit broken due to the translation, but it's like, there was a time when they were on stage in a saucer, like pyramid that times past, uh, Bangalter said to dislike social networks, cryptocurrencies, and tech giants. And he uses a flip phone, which like that paints a very, it is, it rocks. I, I like That's that. That's a guy who's, I respect the hell out off of the grid right. in Brazil. I mean, and, and as somebody who, who, uh, I mean, I, I respect that. I respect you guys forgot our first episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Daniel yeah. Vanguard, Tomas's dad, uh, lives like in a village in Brazil that yeah. doesn't get internet. But I, I, what I wanted to say is I wanted to tie that quote to what you've been yeah. saying, which is, you know, it's tough. How is Daft Punk going to escape the tech, the, yeah. the robot, the electronic By not calling label. himself Daft Punk exactly. anymore. Yeah. And, and, and if Tomas wants to be a flip phone, non-technical mm-hmm. ballet, classical music mm-hmm. director and, and, and film director or whatever. So, like you, you, you don't do it in the robot helmet. Yeah. You know, you just and don't. That's the next compelling thing about this is how intense he has gotten about film. Yeah. Like, so it, the article goes, but what he is most passionate about is the art of filmmaking where his mania for understanding the finer points of machines can be fully expressed. As a former uh, partner of Guy Manuel, the Homo Cristo's little brother uh, in the Buffalo Bunch music duo, Romain Seau has known from uh, Tomas Bengalta over uh, the last 20 years. He's been observed. Uh, co- uh, he's observed Tomas collaborating with um, inventive young filmmakers like uh, Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry. But, 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 Seau says, at the time of homework, Tomas was already a film buff. If somebody had told me he was a film school student, I wouldn't have been surprised. And now, yeah, now he's like... like Traveling to new countries to get specific lenses, going to specialized stores. He goes, he he takes a vacation to go to the Kodak headquarters. In Rochester, New York. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, to find like a lens that nobody else could possibly find. He's like that. He owns a calibration station. I mean, it's but the, there are there they talk they talk to people who are filmmakers here who have gone to Tomas to borrow specific uh, pieces of equipment that and they it's can't like he find anywhere nerd, else. Like he was a nerd for new digital gear. Yeah, in um. In, in music, right? Yeah. He was one of the first people to use auto-tune. He's using all these synths, all these computers. He was cutting edge with Ableton. And then he got really deep into analog ADAP tape a, shit. And then he got really deep into analog film shit. Yeah, I mean, it sounds... A, but, but, like... That's a natural progression. It a, really is. There's it a difference like, between being invested in technology and then fast forward to 2020 where every, every, like the version of that now is just like a digital screen in front of you right like he's interested in the tactile technology of like although you know what I mean? he also uh, yeah yeah i mean he's also the other part in samplers the other, and machines holograms yeah machines but you know? the other holograms, side yeah. of that too he doesn't want to look think. at a computer screen he wants that, to build i mean build his, things. he built a pyramid with Two yeah. Ableton computer screens. Yeah. You know, yeah. he is, but he just wants, I, he's just interested in new stuff. You talk about the, the natural progression too, though, is, you know, and one of the, you know, we, we don't, we, we don't, uh, so we talk about early on, you know, they're, they're, they're comfortable in their, their youth and yeah. young adulthood or whatever. It's not like they're like starving artists or whatever, but the, you know, talking about the level of, of audio tech needed for RAM, that is an expensive Thing. That is not something they could do yeah. any earlier, right? So even with Electroma or whatever, you know, the the it seems to me like the natural progression from the audio style of the RAM production um, is tying into kind of the same mentality of go get the one of a kind lens that does the one of a kind thing. You know, it's you know, I would bet that anything he does cinematically is not a fix it in post style film, right? Like, uh, you know, and I mean, it very sure. well could be, yeah. it very well could utilize some other new technology or whatever, but I would bet that in the same way, it's like, I don't want to EQ. I want to get it right. Right. I, I, I want to record yeah. it in the hall with the special mic with whatever. I would bet that he's, he treats film stuff the same way, which is cool. So I took, I took this like scene out of our post Ram episode, but they made mention of it here. Like he is so invested in, cinema stuff one of the only public statements he made post ram uh this whole time in eight years was at the 2018 Cannes film festival there was um there was a celebration of this legendary cinematographer ed lockman and he drew a picture and it was like it um during this like presentation of ed lockman uh um there was some sort of video and he drew a picture and it, it wrote on, under it, Dear Ed, with a camera, you make music for the eyes and signed it, Tomas, from Daft Punk. Uh, like, he loves this shit. Yeah. I, uh, I like movies. I can't name legendary cinematographers. Like, that's, no. not, that's not, like, in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But he loves this shit we, for real. We traffic in the industry yeah. of film yeah. and the performing arts. And it, when that guy likes something, he fucking really likes yeah. something. He So... Um, we, we've talked about like, what would we like to see these guys do? Yeah. Truly my dream for Tomas would be for him to, to do his version of Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, like, like yeah. 
like yeah, yeah, yeah. To make to make a to make a to weird say, movie. Yeah, to not say, a remake of Phantom not, of the Rex. Not remake yes. it. To make yes. to make No, I get what you mean. So yeah. like so I he traffics that, in s- nostalgia, right? He loves trafficking in nostalgia. He loves tapping into these things that showed him a love of art. I don't want him to remake Phantom of the Paradise. No. I want him to say, I want to make something like Phantom of the Paradise and just fucking go for it and make a weird psychedelic musical movie. Uh, um, and that's just – that checks so many boxes of the stuff that he's into. After hearing – I talked about it on this podcast. After hearing how invested he got in cinematography during Electroma, I speculated yeah. that he's going to make a movie. And all of this points to he's he gonna make, will a make a movie, and I this that is what I want it to be. I want him to make some weird psychedelic music, right? And the idea that would be of awesome, right? And, and like again, we talk about the 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 being a student in order to to do your thing. I mean, there's a possibility that the scoring of this ballet is stylistically something he's interested in, in somebody else's dime mm-hmm. that will then. Take, you know what I mean? It could be the Tron to the to the Ram or whatever Today in, in whatever news, thing. Um, one of the Cohen brothers, another famous duo, uh, said that he might not make movies anymore. Like one of the Cohen brothers, he's he's making the the newest one without him, the Macbeth thing, and he's like, I'm more interested in the stage. It's more hmm. fluid and fragile, and I've done so much film work. He's a guy in his 60s. I get it, and yeah. it's it, it made me think of this because that's another incredibly powerful duo whose artistic output has changed movies. I mean, it's wild to like to circle back to our own lives, right? Like if, if I painted the picture of what I want to do creatively today versus my like creative ambitions, even three or four years ago, it's just vastly different. And is it, it, I don't think it's three or four years ago. You didn't think you would spend five months doing a Daft Punk podcast. Absolutely not. (laughs) But, but my interest, like, but the bigger zoomed out picture is, my interests now, as far as as creatively, are music production, yeah. streaming, podcasting, and potentially like like directing and further writing. I I don't really have very much ambition. Where where four or five years ago, I want to act. I want to yeah. lead on on stage. I want to improvise as much as I can. I want to work yeah. on things like stand up. I I you know. M- my goal would be find a way to get the lead on a film or something. Right. I have no interest in that at all anymore. You know, like it's just, and I, I'm not, my, my point being it's, it's insane what three or four years of maturity and experience in your creative field can lead to. And you're talking about guys who, like we've said, are they're in their fifties or whatever, or they're, you know, they're, 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 yeah, they're people who've existed and they can do whatever they want creatively. It's just yeah. it's it's cool so, to tie it back to my own perspective. Yeah. We've mentioned or what we've mentioned what Tomas is yeah. into. Giban, fucking rap production. Yeah, it'll yeah. be cool. I He's mean, into it. That's what he. That's what he I'm, wants to do. I'm. We said it in our group chat. I don't say it on the podcast. I I I bet. That he has a production credit on a Kanye record. Yeah, that's, that's, yes, that's a big rumor. Donda that he's has be on not Donda. come out yet, We've and it's about to. He's worked with Kanye before. He says he's interested. Kanye respects him so much. I bet somewhere, be and awesome. we know that again. Send it up, Gustafsson and 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 yeah. yep. Like that. That is. Yep. That that track. He's going to. Goes. He's going to pop up on. He's going to pop up on some big rap tracks soon. Like yeah. I, I really, I really think. So for sure. So uh, I love that story I found about the weekend thing where weekend was like laying down 
I feel it coming. And he kept here like when when Tomas would talk to him in the monitors, he kept hearing a yeah. different song yep. in the background, and it was just Gimon not really paying attention to what was happening. Yeah, working and on playing drums. some shit on his laptop, and that was what Starboy came uh, I watched came to be. A video that was a demo of a producer explaining how to use um, uh, a type of compression. He was he was doing a tutorial of how to use a compressor. And he's explaining how you can do transient shaping with this compressor. Yeah. And in the background of his video, someone else is listening to a Fetty Wap song really <laughs> loud. So he's like, all right, you can listen here that you can hear the differences in the kick drums. And I'm like trying to listen to whatever he's playing. And in the back, it's like a very professional video, but in the background, someone's listening to Fetty Wap really loud. That's very funny. That was really funny. That's funny. The next, I think, big uh, thing we get in here is that uh, it definitive definitively says that the Columbia album sheet is yeah. a fake. Yes, fake. We all thought fake. it was like I, I thought, thought it was, it was fake. real. I thought it was fake. Uh, well, I I thought it was real at the beginning of the year. Uh, uh, but it, it's, it's slowly, yeah. But it was it had like Stevie Wonder on it, and it had yeah. it had a it bunch of people well, like yeah, it was I a well see produced them. fake. Yeah, the the way they did it was interesting, but mm-hmm. uh, we got that confirmed, which is good. Um, that one of the first people to know about the breakup was Warren Fu, uh, one of their art directors yeah. who did a lot of late era art, like almost all of the art direction stuff that you saw from Random Access Memories was Warren Fu. He did the the Panther shit. The, yeah, he did all. Yeah, and then yeah, post post Random Access Memories too. But he he like designed the cover for Ram. He did all the videos for Ram. He did the Panther shit. Uh, and then they reached out to him and were like. Uh, can you make us a, a drawing of our robot hands uh, making the pyramid so we could uh, end end it? And he was shocked. Todd Edwards talked about Todd Edwards talks in here about how he couldn't believe it. Um, uh, so there's 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 a quote in here that I think sums up a lot of stuff pretty succinctly that that I really like. Uh, Resisure, who's that? Do we know? Resisire is he. I th- he's the he runs Columbia France. Columbia France. Okay, so there's a quote from this Resisire, um, uh and, and 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 I really like this quote a lot. Uh, and the quote is, "I don't think the times are right for Daft Punk anymore." Frankly, they're not going to make a Get Lucky 2 that they're going to promote on TikTok by doing choreography dressed as a robot. It's not it's it's not serious, but it's a romantic ending to a romantic band in a time that is much less romantic. That quote feels to to really hit the nail on the head of a lot of the sentiment that I think we have come to in our own personal reasoning and speculation um, about this. Uh, that quote, it's a romantic ending to a romantic band in a time that's less romantic. I mean, that's what it feels like uh, in a way. I, I get that. And to some end, I agree. I don't think that's how Tomas thinks of it. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think that's yeah. how Gimon. No. I really? think they're just like, whatever's next. Yeah. I want to do my next thing. I think I, 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 I mostly think that they... Th- 
they they understand that the things they're interested in yeah. don't fall under the Daft Punk umbrella because if you I, no, if, I, just, so if I you mean look specifically at that, no, specifically specific, talking so, about yeah but look doing at, it in the epilogue style of this no. is it this is this, yeah yes look at I, I, I don't mean in the in splitting look at I, yeah. uh, look at Ram versus the world when Homer came out like they these guys can grow and adapt and change they like to drive change right so if anything the how weird the world is and TikToky the world is now why wouldn't they like to be somebody on the forefront of of pushing into the next thing i i, I truly think I, that I, i'm referring specifically no, to the that. epilogue yeah. Yeah. the yeah. epilogue yeah. style ending of yeah. the band not also, the big press release not the big tell well, that, not the big whatever i'm just saying ending it in the way that they are controlling their narrative they are they're they're yeah. not putting out a we're ended because they, of this here's our never, press release here's our statement ever 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 would do anything like that which is why i say i agree yeah. with it's a romantic end to a romantic yeah, band yeah, that's yeah. what uh, that's specifically that, what yeah, i'm saying they would the never quote, do that that yep. the the end it, you're absolutely right yes that's that's the i i argue that that uh that this guy saying that the world has changed too much for daft punk to exist in is a little bit ridiculous because daft punk is a band that could has changed the world like three or four times i also wonder you know what i mean it, i mean I, I think people can produce their best work at any time yeah i think i don't like i think one of the best dance albums of of the last 20 years has been the new chemical brothers record yeah you know anyone can do anything at any time but I also wonder we'll, if we'll at do a, same we'll point, do a track by track episode about the about yeah, Dragon. We absolutely yeah. will. I wonder if if at a certain point, um like when Daft Punk started, they said we wanna change the world, right? We wanna we wanna change yeah. music. I wonder if you also do get to a point, and I'm not saying either of them are there yet, but you know, like we've seen them start to produce younger acts and stuff. I wonder if you do get to a point where you're like, I want to work on stuff I like. I do not want to tackle the yeah. world. I mean, they, we so, talk about so we, well, we we talked about homework. They wanted to change the world. Yep. world. We talked about how they felt like the impact they made crumpled in on itself, and that they failed in their mission. Right? Like when Discovery came out, they said like we wanted to change the world, and and we didn't. Uh, we didn't do that. Like the industry didn't change. And then and then Discovery comes out, and it changes the course of pop music and then they struggle they struggle so much to figure out what they want to do that they put out this soft muddy weird record third and then they get back to their roots and they they uh they uh, nostalgize the production of the music and like do the whole thing how they've always wanted to do uh um like a celebration of the shit they love from their kid, their childhood. Like it, it's always been about, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it I, is. So Tomas is going to make cool stuff and make cool movies and, and stuff. But I understand if they do not want to take yeah, big absolutely. swings as a band. And, yeah, and, and why with, not? Yeah, I think with maturity too. That's a lot of pressure. And I think yeah. with maturity too. The idea, I, I, I think the drive behind wanting to change the world isn't something that that someone like Tomas will lose. The, the, the but, but yeah. I think what can change is what the definition of the world yeah, the is. Scope, right? You know? Like you can, you can say. I, you can use the energy, the I want to, the quote unquote, I want to change the world energy. And, and, and it can be a very outward thing at times. And it can be a very inward. Sometimes yeah. changing the world might be messing around with your polyphonic 
synthesizer yeah. alone, you know, for, for a year or something, right? And figuring yeah. out how that informs, you know, may, you know, how much of that, that time he spent uh, informs what this ballet project is going to be, yeah. right? If, so if, it's, you, if it's the whole thing, a lot of it can be from a different perspective. If you're very, very, I, I absolutely agree with you. If you're very interested yeah. in like lenses and cinematography and niche filmmaking and scoring these like things like a ballet. Yeah. There is no Avenue when you are the biggest dance band and that you're, you're expected to do a tour that will change the face of touring music forever. Even, even when they, as a group, they're like, we're going to score a film. It's, it was it's huge. Trot. It was Legacy. news. That, okay, that's another thing that that we glossed over in this article. Disney approached Daft Punk about making a Disney a Daft Punk ride at Disney World, that's and wild. they said no. They yeah, they wanted, of course, they because said. of leg because of Tron Legacy, because of the cultural impact of that soundtrack, because of the buzz that was created for Disney just by having. Daft Punk involved. Daft, uh, Disney asked them, "Can we make a ride based on you guys?" And they said, "No." I don't. I that's think crazy. that's an apt what metaphor other... for Tomas wants yeah. to make f- tiny, yeah. fragile art like ballet, yeah. and Daft Punk is a theme park. Huge. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's. I think that was kind of the point I was trying to make, maybe yeah. uh, unelegantly last week, that the Daft Punk brand is so huge that they can't now do these projects that they want. So like the logical thing is to blow up the Daft Punk brand. If they had announced Daft Punk is putting out a table this year. Yeah. It would have like, that would have been fucking in. Yeah. Know, like they're, they're, yeah, yeah, he and, wants to do I mean, ballet. even, even post do rap like, music. That, even post discovery, right. Even, even, um, uh, interstellar, right. Even interstellar, if interstellar is announced after Ram, like whatever the Ram version yeah. of, of I, I honestly, I just think if, if they, they said that they were going to do an, I mean, but it could be for the same reason. Yeah. People would expect a theme park version of that. You yeah, know what I mean? Maybe at, at the time they're still, you know, again, d- discovery, there was, they're still on, you know, they, they're, so they're breaking through, but they're still underground. But yeah. but, so what I think what Daft Punk fans understand that maybe the general public doesn't is that this was, this is the, rotation they they did a video element of every yeah. album they put out except for ram so i was always i was always expecting something uh, something to go down the pipe but i but guess they anything announced post ram the video if it's if it's a yeah, year later yeah. if it's five years later if it's two One years thing, later and daft punk announces that they're doing a, a video element to that music i think i think it would be at the level no, of so of, of I, of that of I think of of a uh, spectacle that almost the whether non, they intend that or not non music stuff we've come to expect that from them i think them i think if daft punk scored a ballet you know without bass and drums or whatever i don't know what ballet music sounds like but i hear, think that would be weird i no but hear me but out any, i have no, a, I have any a, any video element Right, but but if people Tomas would be on, scores on board for it, that's ballet, what they do. Yeah, if, if Tomas scores a ballet, it is a 
you know, here here is the the point we've made a couple times, summed up again. If Daft Punk scores a ballet, that audience is full of Daft Punk fans at a ballet show, yeah. right? Yeah. If Tomas scores a ballet, it and is the, a so different project, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. cannot yeah. do that and do and and pers- and, and yeah. carry on the integrity of the project. Whole, that yeah. whole point. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. and I think that but, these are the, the things but that I don't, support. I don't it. think I don't think that idea would have prevented them from doing some sort of vi- video element to Ram. Like that is the Daft Punk brand. There's some really other crazy stuff in here. Um, it they drop very casually. Uh, it is a one sentence remark that while they were working on stronger, uh, um, Kanye watched porn <laughs> the entire Kanye time. Watched, Kanye had pornography on in the studio while they were working on the song "Stronger" the entire time. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean that's he, crazy. Kanye at some points in his career seems like a man who just does whatever he impulsively He's, wants to do. I, I mean that doesn't seem out of character worked, for they him. They worked with him. They they produced four songs on a record for him uh, years later after he was just casually watching porn in the studio. I, that's crazy. I I think that that like yeah, it is a little bit crazy for it's sure, crazy. but honestly it's I don't know if that's crazy in the standards of Kanye, though. <laughs> you know, the thing that's crazy for a normal person. I have long since abandoned the idea that Kanye is a normal person. Yeah. Um, you know, at times. Uh, Wait, what does this mean? I thought that he they were not around for the production of Stronger. So, yeah, that was the other part is that they. Uh, Maybe that's I don't something know. lost in translation. There is something lost in translation. I, I It is my understanding that. Which they kindly they made the two off. Frenchmen hallucinate. They signed off on the rights to that song. But there could have been some moment where it could even be just like they got in a room together so he could show him what they were working yeah. on. Yeah. You know. It, it this it covers it, uh, yeah. you know, just the idea that like Kiman wants to do rap and that Tomas wants to do something more organic. Yeah, that's that's what's um, I feel like going on with the Cohen brothers. Yeah. So I I uh, I was very nervous to read this article uh, because I did not want to find out that they had animosity towards each other. That that was my biggest fear that these two guys uh, that the reason that they were falling apart was that uh uh. We get to this part in the article. Uh, before the pandemic closed the concert halls, the two colleagues still went to Parisian concerts, seeing Tame Impala and Blood Orange. The duo still sees each other on a few occasions. Last summer, they spent time together under the sun of Cap Ferret, surrounded by their respective children. A little earlier, Guy Manuel had gone to the birthday of the eldest son of Tomas. Daft Punk would have even exchanged messages uh, from around uh, 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 around the famous February 22nd, 2021, amused by the farcical interpretations related to their separation. What does that, would have mean? Uh, I, I think that that's a translation thing, probably. Uh, I um, um, but Or they, they might. like if this, yeah. that, that feels speculative. That feels very speculative. That, that, might, that might be speculative. But they, they still, like, still into 2019, into 2020, they're vacationing together. They're seeing concerts together. That makes my heart feel yeah, really good. I think that's the the positive take. That in that all of this. makes my heart feel really good. Uh, I love that they're hanging out. They're doing stuff. They're they're brothers. They're brothers, you know. In the in the same way that you guys are my brothers, you know, oh, like, yeah, uh, uh, you know, um, that 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 makes me feel really good. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was cool to read that. It was cool to read. Um, the bit about going out to dinner with um, Pedro Wilson and yeah. Etienne de Crissy and 
everybody oh, talking yeah, about the electro a, days. Yeah. That was a cool moment. Yeah, too. that did you read that part of the article? Uh, uh, it's just I, the yeah, old. I, oh, that's the closing part. Yeah, yeah. this is. It's just all the old French touch. It was like after after um, the guy from Cassius had passed, like a few months later, they all went. That whole yeah. group went out to dinner and talked about stuff. All the French touch guys got together for a nice dinner uh, after the guy from Cassius passed, and they're just talking about old stories and catching up. Tomas okay. looked at us when it was time to part. Tomas looked at us as if we were watching an old family movie. He looked up, stared at the horizon. I had forgotten all those stories. Oh, that's very. That's very sweet. What a what a, <laughs> what a weird man. Especially because I don't know. There's there's a a book coming out about the history of French Touch. Oh my god, I gotta read um, that. Yeah, that's a, that's exciting. Um, yeah, and yeah, it it, it ends uh with just that nice little cute meeting of them and their old French Touch friends in a message in, in a restaurant and um th- I this. I, I was scared to find out more about their breakup. Uh, this this made me feel good. It, it, uh, I'm glad they're still friends. I'm glad that they're working on stuff. I'm glad that everything seems okay. And um, I cannot wait to hear and see what they have in store for us. Uh, uh, did you want to talk a little bit about the ballet? We have a little yeah, tiny so we bit got, of information. We, we did get news, uh, and I'm going to... Uh, this is big news. This is the most Tomas has done yeah. since the weekend. Yeah. So I'm going uh, to just read uh, uh, DJ Mag's uh, little yeah. little plug here. I'm, I'm going to summarize a little bit. But, you know, the headline is Daft Punk's uh, Tomas uh, Bengalter scoring uh, new ballet mythologies. Uh, so it's a collaboration with the Opera Nationale de Bordeaux, and uh, ballet Perlejokai, and it uh, premieres in 2020. <laughs> I think I did a pretty good job on those. No, I don't think you did. I don't know that you did. Uh, I think I got it. I, I, I went to Louisiana. I can say these these uh, French <laughs> words now. All right. I know. I know. We, I know what the. Okay. The E A U X sounds I'm just like saying now. Most of our I, got, audience... I got ridiculed for getting the E A U X wrong. <laughs> so Wait, many times. How did you think the E A U X sounded? I don't know. I would yeah. always just stutter through it and it, hope Bordeaux. nobody noticed. Bordeaux. But, uh, uh, I'm Bordeaux. just saying most of our audience is international. Doesn't know what Louisiana means. Oh, I'm sorry, Cajun. So yeah, French. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, French. Uh, you know what? French Canadian. I went to Louisiana once. I can speak French. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Long story short, French to Canada, Canada to Louisiana. It's a very French place. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. Uh, uh, so the the new ballet is titled Mythologies, uh, and again it's a it's a ninety minute show. Uh, it's uh, about the the founding myths that shape the collective imagination, quote unquote founding myths that shape the collective imagination. It sounds Which very is cool. So far up Daft Punk's alley. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. I mean that's stuff, that's that stuff I'm that's interested Daft in. Punk what, shit. Whatever the ballet would be about, we'd be like that's Daft Punk for yeah. sure. I mean, but the it's idea, about, I mean, the it's idea about the mythologies that shape. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Daft Punk shit. The mythology. I mean, the I, robot anime band. I, I mean, I guess the founding myths that they shape mythology. I don't know that they like like what what I guess my my perspective on that would be. They the idea of what shapes the collective imagination yeah. is seems similar to the question of like what does it mean to be human or whatever, right? So it's in that vein of exploring human existence in some way that I, I'm interested in that. All idea. art explores human existence. I agree, in some buddy. Way. I agree. So uh <laughs> sure. should we go? Uh we should go. It's uh first to the tenth. The first it's only ten days uh, in July yeah. twenty twenty two. Should I go to first? Which is I wild. Would, uh 
Mm, should I go to France? So to it's uh, the orchestra. Um, ballet. To be clear, Miranda's you guys, gonna. We. I was. I might. I might go to Paris next year, but I do not think it's gonna be in July. To, to be super clear, uh, so so he 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 scored this. Uh, yeah. But the orc the the orchestra uh, national Bordeaux Aquitaine uh, performs it, and there's a musical director uh, yeah. uh, doing it. So he. I mean, he's not actively he's done, doing this. He, stuff. he has he's, not. He has not scored a full ballet before, but he has done he's written some pieces for uh ballet before i'm ex- i'm excited that he's doing something cool that he that he likes uh um uh yeah good for him man this is it, something that we will never see no you know what i mean like that is we one probably thing won't about, hear most of this music right we like, not, we may not we probably never will um, like that's what that that is a component to live theater that i yeah. like that it's a thing you don't that record it and you don't see like it. ethereal yeah even at, even at planet ant like we'll record one show for yeah. our records but like no the, live, the, live like stuff you yeah. don't ever it, it's like, captured it's captured by the eyes and the memories of the people yeah. in the room and the other That's side great. of it is an archival yeah. version so or I'm a video fully, version of that never really yeah, captures yeah i'm fully on board for never hearing any of this music because it's probably not something that i that's all up my alley anyway uh but i'm happy that he's doing it and and i'm happy that he's inspired to do some art right now uh because that means that there's m- more soon uh, yeah. uh we don't quite know as much about what Gimon's working on right now we have Fingers crossed that he might be on the the record of God, yay! But we don't know. We'll see. Um, we so, uh, this would not be possible for a band uh, that tried to come up in twenty twenty one. They 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 have they carved out a part of pop culture without sacrificing their personal life, and. That is that is not possible in 2021. Like your personal life is the art now. It like you you gain a following, you gain uh traction and you gain influence by sharing your personal life now in a way that it must be alienating and weird uh for somebody like Tomas who uh and Giman who uh who wanted to find a way to share their art with the world without without opening their lives uh in the same way um and that's that's really that's really cool uh they they came up at at the right time they found a way to uh to put a wall between themselves and their work uh, and um their uh the idea of daft punk is going to be a legend in dance music and beyond forever um and they just get to kind of fucking ride off into the sunset like they're that's that's really cool um oh it was i think it was like three months before they broke up uh diplo tweeted something like i I can't remember it verbatim but it was something like the only reason that djs lose fans is because they open their mouth and say stupid shit that's why daft punk has been uh famous for 30 years and it's true they we I get to project whatever I want on them. I get to they are a blank canvas because they're robots. I get to see myself in them. I get to say that their art means whatever I think it means because they successfully separated themselves yeah. from it. Like even somebody like Marshmallow it's not it's not like but, you know it's the question there's of gimmick no, versus reality right because because we bring the comparison I've, I've said it a couple times in the podcast the Banksy I don't comparison think, right a lot of Banksy's art is a gimmick 
but I'm, I'm just saying a lot of Banksy's art, it gets its own narrative by whatever people place on it because it's there and it's like, it's in front of you. You make your decision. Right. And you can, you can, um, uh, I mean, I agree to some extent that like the, the art, the, the idea of an anonymous artist is, is a much more difficult thing. The, the idea of an anonymous public figure Anything. or whatever is wild. Uh, the guy who made Bitcoin Satoshi or whatever, that's somebody we don't know who that actually is. Uh, there's there's yeah. a couple but authors that, but and But that's and, and somebody stuff. who knows how to warp the internet in a way. Right. right. I'm, I'm just saying like the idea of... Yeah. of an anonymous. I mean, it's it's it it's, can it's a, happen, but well, I, it's so much harder now. And the, I think the big takeaway is the, um, I, I guess the, I don't know what the right the commitment of that idea. Once you give away control, right? Like a dead mouse or a marshmallow or somebody yeah. else with a mask. I just think culturally, the, culturally, the, we are conditioned now to share our lives publicly in ways that ha would be absurd to our grandparents. And what Daft Punk didn't do is in 2009 or something take off the masks yeah. once just to see what it's like thinking yeah. they could go back they know they could never go back they know they could never take the masks off and put them back on and, and get the same intrigue in that way um so i think that like you know it's not necessarily about starting with anonymity that's an anonymity that's amazing to me it's 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 holding on to it in the way that they did i guess committing to yeah. it um that's interesting to me but yeah Oh yeah, cool. cool. For the second week in a row, we've summed up their career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, if if there's any more Daft Punk news in the future, uh, <laughs> if if anybody out there wants to, um, really wants us to cover this ballet. If you buy us tickets to this ballet, we'll do this. If you cover the plane tickets, we'll buy the ballet tickets. I, you know who else will be, be at the uh, Bordeaux Opera uh, a month before Daft Punk is Muskegonite, Iggy Pop. Oh, really? Whoa. Miles I was just like flipping through their, uh, their season I, and they're like electro and jazz Iggy Pop. They're going to do uh, something weird. Great. I one time um, uh, had a school project in AP Gov class where we had to our, – our end of year project was to make a um, student activism um, group. And, uh, like, we had to check all these boxes. We had to, like, go to a town hall meeting. We had to make posters. We had to, like, show active steps, like, try to get something done. And uh, – our activism group that we made was called Students Proposing a Dome to Muskegon. Hell yeah. And like other people are trying to keep really get things done, but me and my buddy Max were like, we're, we're going to try to get a dome put over Muskegon. And part of it was writing a congressman. And uh, my teacher was like, do you want to rethink your project or are you really going to write a letter pleading Pete Hoekstra put a dome over Muskegon? I was like, I'm going to write a book. And uh, so I wrote one, not ever thinking anything would happen of it. And Pete Hoekstra, United States Congressman Pete Hoekstra, wrote me a letter back uh, telling me why it was a bad idea to put a dome over Muskegon. And it was like, think about all of the cultural stuff that the world would be denied if we put a dome over Muskegon. Iggy Pop is from here. 
he could he goes an astronaut from was from here he couldn't i don't know if that's true or not i don't think it is <laughs> he said he said iggy pop is iggy from pop here. and is astronaut an astronaut is to me <laughs> an astronaut uh, is from here i'm told geez. that iggy pop uh after shows in detroit hangs out at the painted lady Ooh. i believe it I, that is the place he goes and he was on pete and pete yeah he was wow um awesome uh so yeah we'll be back um, After there, these brief messages, there might be more Daft Punk news in the future, and we'll come back for um, something. But right now, I think we're thinking maybe once a month, we're going to check back in with you folks, and we're going to go track by track through a lovely record, uh, um, or know, a not so lovely record, or not so lovely record. Something in in the world that Daft Punk fans are going to love. Maybe think. The Muppet. The Muppet. The Muppet. <laughs> Maybe think uh, Justice. The Chemical Brothers. Maybe think the Chemical Brothers. Maybe think or the whatever brothers. the hell we feel or like. Or we feel like. Or, or also whatever you suggest to us. You know, you can. Yeah. Uh, I, we would love to hear your suggestions on. Um, we have specifically had, on some albums that you would want us we've to hear. Already us talk had, about. We've already had fans um, uh, message us with albums they think that we would love and albums that they would like us to cover. Yeah. So if you want us to go track by track, like we have with these Daft Punk, uh, Daft Punk things with uh, something dancey, then maybe send us orbital. an email and explain why it's no geography. Yeah. Explain, <laughs> explain why, it's no why geography. no geography is the right answer. Uh, it's info at alive 2021.com. And we'll be back. Yeah. We're, we're going to check in we're, yeah. and eventually um, uh, we'll pick up the pace and, and cause we're the check brothers. We're the check brothers. <laughs> Cool. So, uh, my bleeps, your bloops. Uh, yeah. From God's um, bleeps to from my God's blobs. bleeps to my blorps. Who's going first? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, so this week I, uh, I, I was digging around in, uh, some, you know, just some, some music from the, uh, from the nineties. Uh, I, I'm working on some stuff, looking for inspiration all over the world. I came across, uh, uh, the album uh, Leftism uh, by Left Field, I believe it's from like 95 yeah, or something 95. like that. Uh, and uh track I'm going with is uh, the opener, Release the Pressure. I've got to stand and fight in this creation. Yeah, I, I that that album was a treat. I, yeah. I sent it to you guys. Uh, I had never heard it before. Um, uh, I start to finish. I listen to the whole thing. It gets gets lassity at times. It goes it goes into a lot of directions that I like. Um, I, I again that whole album uh, a treat. A treat. A treat. An absolute treat. They did a uh, twenty two year remaster. You remastered, yeah. Uh, two thousand seventeen. Hell so. yeah. 22 year 22 year why not why not you missed it deuces. by two deuces yeah why not uh so that's my that's that's my blorp for yeah, your, your bleeps. Blorp. that's your blorp for god's bloops <laughs> yeah there you go i'm gonna go with dennis ferrer this is underground is my home DJ cuts out the Thank you. 
Hell yeah, that is so warm. That's good. That's a groover. That's club music. I, on the other hand, picked something incredibly cold. Uh, <laughs> it is the lead single off the uh, new and only album from Corliss, which he spent 10 years making, uh, Joy Squad. Yeah. <laughs> it is there's so much precision. That is the that is the avenue of bum, electronic bum, music bum, that bum, I bum, just bum, don't bum. travel down. <laughs> what is uh what's the album? It's uh Corliss. what's the record called? The single is Joy Squad. The album so is called The Album is called A Gore. A group a gore. What a an group incredible record. That we've talked about on my bleeps to God's Blorps uh before was mentioned in that BBC thing that I uh, talked about so yeah. this nerdy British guy was like uh, talking about the artistic merit of dance music and shitting on it like just yeah. like call, calling it rubbish yeah. calling it trash whatever uh, uh, and you know saying there's no like spiritual or whatever merit to this music and the clubbing the the one of the women that was uh, advocating for club culture uh, was like you this just shows to me how little you know about the topic you're in which you're debating. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, listen to one floor plan song and tell me that there's not soul and heart and beauty yeah. in that yeah. music. And it, I was like, hell yeah. Hell I yeah. would have given anything to have seen Corliss open for care. He was the opener for Caribou's tour five years ago. Oh, wow. That would have been a great show. Yeah. That's, that is just too, um, uh, uh, I I need I I need rhythm. That's too arrhythmic for me. You gotta listen to the song. Yeah, you gotta you listen, listen to fifteen <laughs> seconds of it. Yeah. You gotta listen, listen, spend some time with it. Caribou is not putting his songs in sets if it's not compelling. Yeah, that's true. That is true. All right, we'll be back soon enough. Uh, like I said, we'll have special one-off Daft Punk episodes in the near future. We'll have. Uh, our check-ins where we talk about um, some music in this universe. I love you guys. I love that you love the show, and I love that we're having so much fun doing it. Uh, thank you for um, being here with us, and <laughs> thank you for hopping in on an episode um, a week after we said goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> we did a farewell tour. We did a farewell. This is our farewell tour. Yeah, this is our encore. Um, this is exactly what fucking James Murphy did. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. said he said he announced the end of the band so that he could sell out Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Wild. Um, I'm Darren. You I'm can Andy. find me on uh, the internet. I'm at the most Darren on all social media. Just find me out there. I'm Andy. I'm Devin. Hell yeah. All and right. With that, we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 A live 2021 is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network and was created by Andy Reid. Developed by Andy Reid, Devin Rosenai, and Darren Shelton, with technical production by Darren Shelton. For more information, please visit Alive2021.com.